Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. And welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today we are going to be talking about the David Tennant Christmas special from 2008, The Next Doctor. Uh, but not actually The Next Doctor. <laughs> I, 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 I like this episode. I hate the title. Um, so, uh, and if you listened to last week's episode, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we so hostile all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know, but we're from the website geekshowentertainment.com. We like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about geeky stuff in your face, like Doctor Who, on podcasts <laughs> like this one. Oh, Geek we're Show- totally not leaving the site soon. That's- Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion, as well as Movie Night at Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, a couple of geeks and super geeks, and you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website and subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Go to the website, join the community, comment on the site, uh, and uh, listen to the show uh, and, and, and leave reviews on iTunes um, and send us emails at tdc@geekshow.us. So, do we have a background and significance for the next Doctor? Uh, I was looking it up, and I don't see much. I mean, it's just like, Russell T. Davies needed to write something very quickly after... Because this was shot immediately after Journey's End, so... No? Okay. It's like, I mean, it's really... It's not anything that really stuck out to me. It's the first of David Tennant running around by himself for a while. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is important. Um, well, other than other than I guess Voyage of the Damned. Yeah, but I mean, like this is like the this is co- sort of heading into the coda of David Tennant's run. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I guess that's important to note is that um, since this is the first of the specials era of David Tennant, um, it had already been announced at this point that he was done. Which is why I hate the title of the next Doctor because we knew that there was going to be another Doctor and Russell T Davies was toying with us. <laughs> yeah, but he does that. I mean, that's the Davies thing. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things about Davies I don't like. That and endings. He's not so good with those. Sure. Except for when it counted. Sure. But then his opening wasn't so good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that sounds I like mean, a question. Well, I mean, we'll talk about Davies more, but like the more I go back and think of it, and this is probably because um, Davies is the guy who really shaped my Doctor Who experience. Like, I watched all of Davies's Doctor Who, minus I think Planet of the Dead, because that was where I, when I started watching the classic series. So, like, 
Davies was the only Doctor Who that I knew. So, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm just, like, I'm just, like, this is my home. Like, this is really where I go to for my Doctor Who. And when it comes to Davies stories, like, I don't really fault them super much. I mean, for much of anything. I find that they're mostly very Mm -hmm. satisfying and mostly do a good job in what they're doing. So, Hmm. that's my thing. Okay. I don't think he's good at writing endings. Uh, except uh, for except for the end of time, where he wrote a really good ending but an awful opening. Sure, I mean my, my the thing about the thing about it though is like uh, Davies's endings are always very similar in how they're constructed, and if you don't like that form of construction, they're not for you, and you don't like that. So you mean Deus Ex Machina? No, I don't like that. Uh, not Deus Ex Machina so much as um planning the solution early on so that he can just get himself a nice easy exit door towards the end. Which uh, is not the same thing as a Deus Ex Machina. I'm pretty sure I do believe in Doctors I Do I Do was a Deus Ex Machina. No, no, because like the, de- the Deus Ex Machina is like something that comes out of blind nowhere that wasn't set up at all and all of a sudden God shows up and fixes everything. Um, uh... That's not. I mean, it's set up in an air like it's set up, but it's not completely set up. Um, it's set up that she's setting up that that's gonna happen, but the actual uh, like idea of the Doctor gaining power from people's belief in him is not set up. Okay, yes, that is not set up. But everything <laughs> around that is set up, like the Archangel Network and Martha doing the thing and. Planting yeah. a seed. Like, that's all uh, set up. I mean, it's just the actual science of that is not perfect. <laughs> not perfect isn't how I would describe it, but... <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so yeah, I guess before we get started with uh, with our discussion of... The next doctor. I want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by InStockTrades.com. And this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Fell, Volume 1, Feral City by Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith, which is available for $9.29, which just so happens to be 38% off the suggested retail price of $14.99. And remember, if you order more than $50 worth of stuff, you get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. All right, so uh, the next Doctor, um, I have a lot of fun during this episode. Yes. Yeah. I agree. agree. Also, like, not only is this episode a lot of fun, but I love that with Jackson, um, Russell T. Davies is able to write a new Doctor without actually writing a new Doctor. Like, he gets to cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is fun. So he gets to write this doctor that no one would want to watch for an extended period of time um, <laughs> because he's like really over the top. And like, I, I don't think anybody would want to watch that for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's just no nuance to his character of the doctor, <laughs> but it's fun to watch for like one episode. Um, sure. Yeah. And you know, like I like all the comedy bits in it and David Tennant's excellent in it and uh, the giant cyber king 
chip thing is uh, freaking badass. It really is. I love the design of that so much. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, like really. I mean, I don't, I don't. It's far from like the best Doctor Who that's ever been done. But I mean, like Davies does this thing where he just writes stories that aren't supposed to be the greatest Doctor Who ever. I mean, some of it is designed to be just. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't think he ever set out to make the best Doctor Who that ever was. Um, I think he's just more interested in just showing you a really good time um, as he goes along. And I, I mean, I find myself liking that. And I guess that's me praising not mediocrity, but like averageness and saying, "Oh, Doctor Who shouldn't be the best Doctor Who it should be." Um, but I mean, it, at the end of the day, like the reason that. Um, uh, something like Journey's End, like, there are people who just hate Journey's End. But, like, Journey's End is not there to be hated. Like, it's not there to be critically, uh, like, you know, taken apart and dissected and critiqued and, you know, just marked up with a big red pen. Like, it's just there so that you can have a ton of fun for, like, an hour and a half. And I feel like this is much the same way. Like, it's just... It's just there. Like, it's just there, and it's there to have... You're just there to have a good time, to have a fun little mystery, and to have some good uh, kicking fun on Christmas Day. I mean, mm-hmm. and I like that about it. I mean, I, that's that makes that's the strongest thing about this, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and it's, and it's you know, it's... It is... I, I like how it sets up uh, the Tenth Doctor's road to regeneration, because... It's it's just it's a perfect story to set that up with because you know you're hinting at there being a, the next doctor like him being the next doctor, and despite the fact that he's not, you then set up more more with like the fan servicey thing where you get to see all of the doctors um, mm-hmm. leading up to Tenet and all of that. Like it's just it's so good at setting up that road to the end of Tenet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's I think it's really well done, and like. I don't I mean because he did it so quickly it almost seems like he did that by accident but I mean Mm -hmm. there's no way it could be by accident and if it was that's uh, that's that's an amazing accident but uh, Mm -hmm. it's 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 good I like that yeah it's it's no go on I I hate the title though I really (laughs) hate the title sure I mean it's a it's not a strong title at all Um, it has nothing to do with anything Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, the weird thing about me, and, and you were talking about Jackson Lake a, a minute ago, is, like, I came to this kind of pseudo-realization, I suppose, while I was watching it, and I wrote down just a quick note to myself so I'd remember to bring it, but, like, it, this story really does om- a, a fairly good job of introducing, uh, like you said, Jackson Lake, but almost doing, like, a, you know, it's almost like the Doctor visit, it's almost like Batman visiting Gotham by Gaslamp, or Gotham by gas, Gaslight or something, whatever that um, Mignola yeah, story yeah, yeah. was. Yeah, sure, sure, it, sure. it feels like a like if if the Victorians were to create like a, a sort of mad baddie scientist character who was like their doctor back in the day before science fiction was around. Like that's kind of who Jackson Lake really does a good job of being, and uh-huh. I like all of the sort of. Elseworld components of that, like even even the cyber shades, which I don't know what those are. Um, 
<laughs> they're the one thing in this story that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense at all. Um, even the cyber shades have that feel of like you know Victorian copper or something, which mm-hmm. I which I kind of like. And, and and at the end of the day, it just feels like a really cool Elseworld story in the narrative of Doctor Who. It's also really interesting because uh, if there's a Doctor that. Uh, Jackson Lake reminds me the most of it's absolutely Paul McGann, which I think is interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I, I don't think I ever compared him to a different doctor, but um, yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah, I could have totally, I could totally have seen like Paul McGann just like thrown into this. <laughs> oh my god, that would have made this so awesome. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Um. I wish that had happened. Um yeah. because I would have just loved the idea of like Tennant knowing that that was his past self, but McGann not knowing that that was his future self and oh, like definitely. that whole ah, oh, that would have been so good. Yeah, it would have been so much fun and watching McGann fight the Cybermen would have been great. It's just I I would have loved that personally. I think I think the biggest sort of missed opportunity in this is like instead of, like, just going for... Like, I, I, I almost have to criticize David Morrissey's performance here um, just because I think that he had the opportunity to do, like, if I could ever be doc- the Doctor in Doctor Who, what would my Doctor look like? And I don't think... I, I think he gives a fairly bland and vanilla Doctor. Um, and uh-huh. I think that... Which, I, is I why, which is why I was saying, like, it's 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 kind of fun to watch... In one episode, but beyond that, it would annoy it would annoy the crap out of everyone. Definitely, definitely. Um, I just I wish he'd done something with that. It would have, I would I think I would have liked that a bit more mm-hmm. than just sort of the vanilla that he's in. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, whew, so there's Cybermen in this. There are, um, and I think it's a fairly decent use of the Cybermen. Yeah, it's just, probably one of my favorite uses of the Cybermen. Sure. It's one I forget about a lot, but I do like it. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I think my I think my favorite is still uh is still uh, the Craig episode from this past season, but Yeah, um, closing time. Yeah. Yeah, closing time. I I I really liked the use of the Cybermen there, but um mm-hmm. I did like them here. I really did. Yeah. And they do a good, good job of like having the cyber like i love the cyber king revelation where like i remember the first time i was hearing about it, i'm like what the hell what are we going to do with this and then they kind of subvert that and do something kind of interesting with them and then have i mean it's this is the sort of it's the sort of thing where it's like it's just so ridiculous and fun that you can't really criticize it i mean the big climax of the episode like you were saying is just a big giant cyberman just stomping through victorian london like and that's it's awesome. <laughs> it is. It is. It's just. It's just so insane. It's <laughs> steam powered. Yeah. Yeah. It's a giant steam powered Cyberman. Like that is. That is. That is awesome. Yeah. That 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 easily goes in the top three like most awesome things that that Russell T Davies ever did. <laughs> sure. Like in terms of Pretty- sheer. Just, yeah, just of just like, oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not like best moments or anything like that. Just like, just, just like those, oh wow, moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it pays off. Like all this, I love all of the sweeping shots of the city, and um, not so much the like the low shots. Like I don't need a pic- like personally, I don't need a 
an idea of how big it is. It just looks big. That's all that matters. But um, I love all the wide shots of all of London just sprawled out like that. It's just I love mm-hmm. that. It's so it's so cinematic and cool. Yeah, um, and I just I like that. I like that. It's just fun. It's just. It's super fun. Although at the end of the day, I think that um, uh, in the writer's tale, which is that book that he did with Ben 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 Cook, for those who don't know, um, it's, it's it's a fascinating read. It's amazing. It's such a good read. Unfortunately, out of print. Is it really? Of, yeah, it went out of print. Wow, I'm really glad I got my copy. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna get it as a Christmas present to um to one of my roommates and then I looked and it was out of his print and I was like, Oh, well there goes that Christmas present. Um, <laughs> but he talks a lot about, um, uh, how the original idea was going to be this big Cyberman story about the Cybermen getting stuck through time and all this stuff. And then he slowly became more interested in the character of Jackson Lake and how he sort of dovetailed the story into that direction a bit more as he was writing it. And I feel like, uh, well, for, for one thing, let's get let's get one thing straight. the The Jackson Lake story is incredibly simple and very superficial. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like like as soon as he's like, "There's something else," I'm like, "Oh, he has a kid." <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> it's it's so blindingly obvious. Um, but I mean, I I feel like uh, I feel like he could have done something a little bit more to make this tighter in terms of like a good character story and, and and for that i think this definitely ends up with being one of my lesser favorite davies stories um just because i feel like the revelation that the doctor comes to at the end is not quite as earned as it should be and it and it feels weird that he kind of dropped a character moment um because that's what he's so good at um but i don't know it just it, it just felt weird to me you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. So, so, so that I wish that he had done something a little bit more to like, like in the other stories, it's a lot about like who is this new doctor? It was Christmas Invasion and the Doctor getting over Rose, which was um, Runaway Bride, and uh, the Doctor in a survival story, which was Voyage of the Damned, which I'm not, or the Doctor looking for his new companion, which was Voyage of the Damned. Um, but this I don't feel has the same sort of power that you know the doctor coming off of journey's end has and to be fair that sort of brooding dramaticness is not really the place for the story (laughs) because it's just not designed to be that sort of dour or anything but um i just i wish there'd been a little more something in here just to kind of weighten it up and make it a little less fluffy Um, yeah it is very fluffy (laughs) it's really fluffy um, but yeah, also, um, what was the thing I was going to mention? It was, uh, I don't remember. I oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize. <laughs> it happens from time to time where I just forget the thing I was talking about. Um, uh, I forget. No, I forget who. Oh, that's what it was. I'll get to that in a second. Um, I for, I forget who directed this. I I know I have it in front of me. Um, but the guy who directed this, I think did. So, oh, Andy Goddard. I think he did a great job. Like, just a good strong outing mm-hmm. for a guy who directed a thing one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
I don't have I don't have a crazy lot to say about this. I will say um the doctor does sword fight in this, which I like. Um Yeah. It's not as good as I want it to be. I I think I think I really do like the moment too and um it actually reminds me a lot of uh this a similar thing in Rose. But like when he's going to save Jackson's kid, like I like that moment. That's good. Oh yeah, and it's quintessentially tenant. Sure, sure. I the, mean the swashbuckler that he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that they really give him a chance to just be like just a fun hero in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's not that I don't think that Tenet didn't have a bunch of heroic moments, but like you know his doctor was always just around and having a good time and having fun. But like you know, it's it, it's interesting that he is definitely clearly a strong hero in this which is something that i feel like he should do um especially because it's kind of like a last hurrah for him um Mm -hmm. planet of the dead notwithstanding um Mm -hmm. that you know he's allowed to be heroic this time and stuff and stuff yeah (sighs) but yeah it's just it's just a good time and there's like all those great fake outs like the sonic screwdriver gag where he just knocks the sonic screwdriver and says it's sonic um, and the fob watch, which is such a great played moment where it's like totally tense and it just falls apart. Um, yeah, it's just, it's fun and playing with Doctor Who conventions yeah, and such like. All so. of those things are true. <laughs> uh, this is our best episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> certainly our shortest. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, actually, because I have you on the phone, uh, or the whatever this is, um, uh, I don't have anything else. To, do you have anything else to share about the the next Doctor that you liked? No, no, I think we've pretty much uh, we've pretty much beat that one into the ground. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know. We don't. We don't. We usually don't have time to talk about stuff. So let's just talk for a minute. I actually wanted to talk to you about Evelyn Smythe because oh. why not? Sure. Why not? Um, Evelyn Sla- Smythe. For those you don't know, we won't. We won't spoil super much. Um, uh, but Evelyn Smythe is a Sixth Doctor companion who joins up with the Sixth Doctor. Um, during. Uh, big finish. Uh, he's like she's like the primary companion for Colin Baker during his run. Um, and uh, I don't know. You just went through the vast majority of her plays. I know you haven't heard all of them, uh, but I'm, I'm just curious as to you know what your thoughts on Evelyn are in general. Well, well, I think you I think you kind of have a good idea just because I mean I just finished I just finished 100. Um, yeah. And in that, which is which is totally sixth and Evelyn, um, in that it's it's like an anthology, and one of the stories has this whole thing with 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 uh, Caesar and the the Doctor and Evelyn getting in the way of Caesar being born, or possibly getting in the way. Um, and the way that Evelyn is acting in that was making me very very angry. <laughs> and uh I hated it uh that story because of it and I think it was at that moment that I realized how much I actually really love Evelyn and I think yeah. she's she is probably my favorite big finish companion sure uh, that I've heard so far she's so good 
Mm-hmm. She's so good. And uh, perfect. Like, it's one of those things where, like, Colin Baker was paired with Perry, which I don't... Like, I like Perry, but I'm not sure that they're the best of pairings. But, like, what Big Finish does with her is such a wonderful compliment to the Six Doctors character and that sort of thing. It's 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 hard to explain, especially because, you know, Evelyn's like a 50-slash... Uh, uh, she's like a 50-something history teacher, which you wouldn't expect to work at all with any doctor. Um, yeah. And yet she does. And it's such an, it's such an, I don't know. I think she's such a great character. Um, and tapping into like that big finish thing that does, that they do so good. And she only seems to get better. I find, Um, except for in the Caesar story. Right. Right. Minus the Caesar story. Like <laughs> I find like I it took me it actually took me a while to warm up to Evelyn. Like I wasn't a huge fan of, at at first cuz I felt like all she was talking about was hot cocoa and I was like, "Oh my god, get over your cocoa thing." But eventually like I started to see what they were doing with her and Have you ever met an old woman because they tend to fixate on one thing that they talk about a lot? Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I've been there. I've just I would like something more variety like in my doctor's companion. <laughs> so, so I mean I mean I, I'm not super faulting her for it. I mean who doesn't love chocolate? But um I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. No, I liked her from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you co- I believe you described her as what was it? It was um uh like Professor- Oh, it was like it was like the doctor the doctor traveling with Professor McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fairly accurate, I think. Like it's it's kind of kind of perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I I just know that like you've been going through it. So so ringing endorsement for all of the Evelyn stories and. Uh like yeah, and it's 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 because of those stories that I love the Sixth Doctor now. Those combined with his run with Charlie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's is- just he's just so good. He really is. He's so good. And uh. like I love all the different sort of things that they do with him. And a lot of it is like like retroactive commentary on the Sixth Doctor where they you know, part of the thing that Evelyn does is kind of point out to him how amoral he can seem at times and how uh, lack of empathy he can sometimes have, but they oh, they do such a good job with him. Um and with pairing him with strong strong companions. So, yep. I do have a question though. Sure. Um, and this is this is Big Finish as a whole. It seems to me that the Doctor all and th- this is guilty of of every Doctor that I've listened to so far. Um, they all seem to make references to the fact that they have other lives, mm-hmm. um, and regenerations. And this never seems to phase any of the characters any of the companions (laughs) and i'm just wondering do they ever show them talking about that and i'm just skipping those stories or like what's the deal like when charlie meets the sixth doctor it doesn't even phase her and i'm like when did paul mcgann tell her that he had other that he regenerated and he had other he looks different and acts different and like I I don't know. I mean, I I never I never thought of that before. Um, I don't know. I, I you know I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like I imagine that in the 
tremendous downtime that the companions and the doctor seem to have in all the adventures that we never get to see it probably came up once in a while. like like i was a blonde once or something or something ridiculous like that yeah and would lead to like a larger sort of discussion i don't know it's 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 something that uh i feel like they probably might should cover at some point but um i don't know i don't know that's a that's a fair point but you're right Charlie is very ready to accept the doctor. Yeah. Who he is. She's just like, oh, it's the doctor. Hi. Hey. Oh, Emma, you look different. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, I was like, what? isn't that the first thing that you should have noticed? That a stranger <laughs> walked out of the TARDIS? Like, I'm not. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what that is. But I, I think that Big Finish, if Big Finish has one problem. It's that they can sometimes get a little too wrapped in continuity um, and trying to make things work. And, you know, like for the longest time when Gary Russell took over the sh- uh, was was running the show, which he did for like the first 90 stories or something, he was very fixated on continuity. And so if you go and look at all those stories, those stories are all with companions that the doctors had um, and they would only be done if they could fit in between other stories. So... Uh, I mean, excepting Charlie, which they just said, these are all taking place after survival. Um, but eventually they just started to, and that's why Colin Baker gets all this free reign. Cause you know, he has an entire series of adventures with different companions that you never get to see. Um, because mm-hmm. Mel is a problem. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's interesting that they do that. Um, but I find that that doesn't necessarily always work. I prefer when Big Finish makes up their own continuity, but they can get a little wrapped up in just assuming that everyone knows the Doctor Who continuity and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I guess it's that. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also interesting because like, if you think about it, not a whole lot of companions ever saw the Doctor regenerate or more than one incarnation of the Doctor. I mean... You could you could probably count on two hands the number of companions who had seen who have seen more than one incarnation of the Doctor. It's like Sarah Jane, the Brigadier, um, uh, who else? Uh, ben and Polly, uh, not even Jamie and Zoe, but um, mm-hmm. uh, Perry. Perry, Nissa, Tegan, and Adric, um, uh, uh, Mel, R- Mel, Rose, um, like not even Ace, which I think is fascinating. Like Ace, who is in a lot of ways, like, the Doctor's mentee um, never really saw another incarnation of the Doctor, as far as we know. Um, that could have that could have happened. Um, I would ask you about Hex, but um, we're running long. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, and we have... We probably should save something for when we talk about the long game in a couple weeks. Um, but, uh... So I might ask you about Hex then, so we can talk about Hex. But Evelyn Smythe, man... Mm-hmm. Kudos to her and yep. all that. And oh god! If you guys want to hear Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter <laughs> traveling with the Doctor, look no further. <laughs> and it's 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 weird how it's such a perfect marriage of companion and Doctor. Uh-huh. Like, like yep. I, I don't understand how they managed to do that so well, but it works and works it's on every level. If kind of genius. It is. If you're interested in some Evelyn stories, uh, you can start with her first, which is called The Marian Conspiracy. You could also do, um, I think it's called The Doomsday Machine? 
I don't remember. Because there's, like, there's a couple of Dalek stories in a row. It's, like, the mutant phase is the fifth Doctor story, and the Armageddon machine is... Or, no, it's, like, the Doomsday Factor or something. It's the one where... Doomsday Factor, that's it. Yeah, Doomsday Factor, which is the about the Dalek invasion of Gallifrey, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, the Sandman, which is a lot of fun and uh-huh. plays into the whole Colin Baker's a jackass storyline, um, which he's not, turns out. Um, and basically anything with Evelyn, not the most recent series that came out. They just did one a trilogy of Evelyn stories at the beginning of the year, and I wasn't a huge fan of really any of them. Um, but uh, most all most all of her stories, especially when you get to, like, Jubilee and Project Twilight and Project Lazarus and Doctor Who and the Pirates and Arrangements for War, she's just excellent. Um, so check her out if you're interested in some audio plays. I'm just, I'm just a whore for discussing audio plays is really where this comes down to. She's um, very good. She is. She is. So, and if you what what are the two that have David Tennant in them? Uh, Colditz has David Tennant. Um, that's a seventh ace storyline. Oh, just seventh um, ace. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the one with uh, I think I think it's called Medicinal Purposes, which is yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, it's the story of I think it's Borgen and Burke. I could be wrong. No, um, no, 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 Burke and Hare. Birkin hair, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I, th- I was in Harry Potter land for a minute. Um, uh, but uh, Borg- it, it, Birkin hair um, in a Doctor Who setting, which is a lot of fun. And it, it involves, mm-hmm. it features a insane David Tennant where he's just so ridiculously over the top and fun and kind of heartbreaking in the end. Yeah. Um, like, they, like they just stick the knife right in you in the last five minutes. Yeah. Um, David Tennant not playing the Doctor, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, actually, pre-Doctor David Tennant. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as he played the Doctor, he just stopped doing those plays. Um, because high-profile doing the plays is not, you know, necessarily recommended. Um, less people right. speculate. Um, but Tennant was also really good in a... It's a Nazi story where the Doctor and A's show, wind up in a in a German internment camp called Cold. It's like a castle, like one of the most mm-hmm. infamous prisons of World War II. And... Tenant plays this psycho Nazi commander, and he is chilling and terrifying and so good. Um, yep. So, if Both you're interested, excellent. oh, a- a phenomenal! And like, they take a character like one of the the main bad guy of Colditz and spin her off and give her a trilogy eventually, and it's an amazing trilogy. Um, so, that's really cool. Nice. Yeah. Oh God, it, Klein having like Klein running around with as a companion to the seventh doctor is amazing. What? Like it's Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like there's stuff in it. That's just so much ridiculous fun. Like there's a one-off story called Klein's story, which is the story of how Klein came to be in Colditz. Um, and I don't want to say anything about Klein lest I spoil that amazing surprise, but it features a super special guest star and it is kind of phenomenal so that hurts my brain oh geez you'll get there eventually it's awesome i want super awesome uh so tune in in two weeks when we're going to talk about a different companion uh because we have extra time uh and we'll be talking about hex um who you might (laughs) scott you might by that point know a lot more about hex than you do now um yeah that's probably true 
but Hex is awesome. Uh, so we'll talk about him in a couple weeks. And uh, what's coming up next week? Uh, next week is uh, Delta and the Bannerman, I think, which is yeah. a Seventh Doctor Mel story, which I haven't seen. So Seventh and Mel. Yeah. Well, the I, one season, Seventh and Mel. Yeah, because I, ha- I don't know much about the two of them together because I've only seen Time and the Ronnie from that season and they're barely together in that. So yeah, yeah. this will well, be, be a new experience for me. <laughs> well, fun story. I actually, over this uh, this week, I actually watched Paradise Towers, which is their second story together. Mm. Um, so the one right after Time and the Ronnie. <laughs> the Doctor and Mel are not, they don't get separated, but they're separated in part one and they meet together again in the middle of part Three or no? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of amazing. I might it might be part four. I think they meet up at the pool at the very end of the story. Wow! um, In the last part, it's weird. That season is very strange. Um, so I haven't seen Dalton the Bannerman yet. Um, but hopefully, hopefully it's good. Uh, I'm watching it (laughs) well for next week. Um, that's that's exciting. It's it's a story neither of us has seen. Mm-hmm. But I've first. heard good things. I've heard really good things. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we didn't see um, Mind of Evil. T- well, we saw Mind of Evil together for the first time. Oh, we did? That was Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen oh. that before. Okay. Fun fact, Mind of Evil is still awesome. Yeah, it is. Still awesome. So um, awesome. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Delta and the Bannerman. Stuff like you could literally transplant that into modern Who and not change a thing and have it work, which is insane. So huh. we'll see. It's only three parts, which is what? one of the weird things. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like the, the the McCoy era suffered such bad budget cuts that um, what they did instead is they did two four part stories and then two three part stories. And the two three part stories, one would take place entirely on sets, and the other t- one would take place entirely on location, so that they could just shoot it really quickly and efficiently. So wow. I don't. I think. I think. Yeah, no, Delta and the Bannerman has got to be all locations, because there's no way they could shoot Dragonfire on anything but sets. So, it's all shot on location, on videotape, and it's only three episodes. So they do, like, three in the studio and three out of the studio for different stories. Yeah. It was a weird time to be a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. But some of those those stories, man, like... um, uh, Ghostlight, I'm just like, oh, man, I love Ghostlight. Because Ghostlight is all studio-bound. It mm-hmm. doesn't take place as one iota out of that evil haunted house that they're in. So mm-hmm. kind of cool. Kind of cool. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, very notably different seventh doctor than what you're used to. I mean, I can guarantee you that because he's not like the weird master chess manipulator guy that you expect him to be. So interesting. Cool. We'll see how that goes. And then after that, I think it's the long game. So that's Ninth doctor. Well, yeah, so Eccleston, which is always welcome. Um, and then after that, I don't remember. Uh, I think it's like... What is it? It's, um... I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going by memory. I is think it Kinda? I think it's Kinda. I kinda? think so. Yeah. I could be, I could be wrong, because I think it's like... We're doing Kinda, and we're doing Time... Oh, no, you know what it is? It's the Aztecs. We're doing the Aztecs after that. Oh, another Hartnell. Yeah, which wow. should be interesting. Um... And another uh, historical I, Hartnell. Which I love. I I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the Aztecs when I watched it. I watched it very early on, but I think I might like it more this time. So Is it four we'll or six? Comes. It's four. 
Okay, good. It's four. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all the rest of the stories that we're doing for the rest of the year are all four. So, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Time is limited. Yeah, very. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's the Aztecs, and then we're doing Kinda, and then we're doing the Time Warrior. That's going to be December. Um, and then we'll have the Christmas episode go out at the end of the year. Assuming that they still air the Christmas special. I've heard nothing different, but uh, assuming that still happens. so It's got to happen. I know, it's got to, but I don't know. Little seat, of its, seat by its pants. Seat of its pants yeah. going on over there. We still don't have a title. Nope. It's November. Yeah. Well, I the first... Apparently the first footage that they watch for uh, that they're releasing for it is going to be for the children in need this year yeah that's what they and, did last year yeah i'm not down with that i really liked it when the children in need special was just a lot of fun and yeah just a, that's the thing that moffat just does now well i mean that's the, but that's the thing about the moffat era that i'm kind of i'm sorry i'm harping on the moffat era again um but um that's the thing about the moffat era that i'm really interested in is like moffat on the DVD releases, like, instead of doing, like, cool behind-the-scenes featurettes or tons of commentaries or tons of cool featurettes, like, they just do extra scenes, and I'm just not as interested in those. And, like, I don't want to watch the Children in Need special because it's going to be seven minutes out of a story I don't want spoiled for me, so... Yeah. It'd be one thing... It'd be fine if it was just a trailer, but... Sure. I don't want a seven-minute scene. Yeah. Or even, like, a five-minute scene. I just... I don't... Like I don't, I don't want those. I just want to watch the whole story in sequence. Yeah. Which is, if it's a which if it's weird. a prologue, that's fine. Oh yeah, no, if it's a prologue, it's cool. But I don't think it's going to be a prologue. So yeah, I Whatever. don't want to just see part of the episode before I get to see the whole episode. Screw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of the things about the Moffat era that I'm kind of not miffed about. Like it's because I mean the Davies era was so like thinking about those. Uh, David Tennant and Chris Eccleston box sets like those were just loaded to the gills with tons of goodies and the Moffat Moffat Blu-rays not so much no. kind of bummed yeah kinda bummed yeah oh uh, well indeed all right well uh that's uh that's that um we're also sponsored by dcbservice.com uh, you go there and you can order all your comic book statues, action figures, basically anything you can get from a local comic book shop. Uh, you can get from DCBService.com. So if you have a comic book shop and you hate them because they're jerks and they treat you like crap, um, don't go there. Go to DCBService.com and, and they'll, they'll ship your books to you uh, every month or every week or bi-weekly, however often you want them. Um, and then uh, also, if 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 you just don't get a sufficient enough discount for your liking, well, uh, the regular discounts at DCBService.com are forty percent off your monthly floppy books. Forty percent off. Uh, most local comic book shops give you ten percent off. This is forty percent off. Forty. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Plus monthly discount specials of seventy five percent off. So wow. DCBService.com is where it's at. Um, and then you know, of course, also if you don't have a local comic book shop, why aren't you ordering from DCBService.com? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so like I said, ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six twenty five with a flat rate shipping. Um. And uh, that's it. And they actually they do ship worldwide, but that's not six twenty five. That's 
Uh, that varies depending on where you are worldwide, mm-hmm. but they do ship worldwide. That'll teach you to live outside of America. <laughs> well, and we, we there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, internet. They have a lot of international orders. Like people sp- like spend like they get a bunch of stuff for a month or whatever, and and they spend like three hundred dollars and they ship it all overseas to like England. That's I rad. guess I guess it's just because like our dollar is worth so little over here. That yeah. they, it doesn't even they, – they're still saving money like <laughs> between shipping and everything. So I don't know. Maybe that's something you're interested in. Go to dcbservice.com and check it out. Uh, so that's our show. Uh, Matt, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at twitter.com slash gungadin. You can also find me at my alternate Twitter account twitter.com slash gdcommentary. That's what you get for trying to talk fast. Oh, gosh. I'm usually so good at it. Um I don't know that I I people I guess people say I talk too fast. I don't care. Um uh you do I, talk fun. you you do talk fast but you enunciate. Yeah, well, you know, it's better than just something like this all the time. So, um uh, I you can follow me on Twitter, uh my alternate Twitter account G commentary where we do live tweeting. Not sure if Sunday Trek is happening this week. I'm sorry. My fault for wanting to go hang out with someone else. Um uh wow, that sounded mean and dickish um because uh, it was (laughs) sorry um but uh, we'll get back on it maybe we do a two for one sometime if we know that it's two really good episodes in a row or something i don't know yeah yeah that sounds like a great idea go me for Um, (laughs) um so so that um you can also check out my uh classic doctor who blog which is classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com where i talk about Doctor Who every week. Uh, this past week, I did Time and the Ronnie again. I'm not again, but if you listened to last week, you heard about Time and the Ronnie. But um, so check that out, I guess. Uh, otherwise, uh, check out this week when Cassandra is blogging the Dominators, and I would like to apologize to her for making her sit through that one. Um, I swear it to God, it seems to me that you're doing that a lot. Eh, no, not it was. Let me. Okay, here, here's the thing. <laughs> here, let me let me exp- let me break some stuff down to you. Uh, I said that I, Cassandra. Here's the thing. I don't want to watch it, so I make her watch it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's only part end of, of it. story. Um, <laughs> that's only part of it. No, 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 no. The issue is like I told Cassandra I was going to give her one fifth of all Doctor Who stories, which is you know a sizable chunk. Um, but I don't want to give her a bunch in a row, or you know give her a bunch of different stuff. So the reason she did Time Lash was because um, I wanted to give her another Colin Baker, but I didn't want to part with <laughs> the two Doctors or Revelation of the Daleks. Um, so it was like Time Lash or nothing, and she took Time Lash and used the opportunity to swear a lot. Um, <laughs> so so that. But the Dominators, I swear to God, I did not realize it would be horrible. Um, and, I mean, I'd heard mixed things, but... Ooh, that story sucks. Like, <laughs> hardcore sucks. Like, that story's bad. Like, it's bad. They, it was originally six episodes. They cut it down to five. Like, they got the scripts and were like, mm, do it in five. And then it still sucked. Um, so that. I mean, wow. I was reading about it this morning and running through corridors. And they and they're, they try to be really positive in that book. But by the time they hit episode five, Robert Sherman's just like, I literally have nothing kind to say about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he like ran out of cool things to talk about um so he talked about something else i guess um but yeah not not intentional and here's the thing um she gets snake dance she gets snake dance 
That's my justification for everything. She gets to talk about snake dance, and I'm still bitter. And it's my blog. Um, so that. Follow that blog. Um, and I would like to apologize again for giving her the Dominators. Scott, your turn. Uh, I'm on Geek Show Entertainment occasionally. We do movie Ooh. night. Uh, but not but for not long. not for long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a feeling this is a lot like that time that, ge- uh, uh, what was that? Oh, what was that other one called? Geekin. Geekin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing I forgot about. Um, uh, yeah, well. Movie Night Geek Show. This month we're doing Alfred Hitchcock movies. Uh, last week we did Vertigo. This week we did Psycho. Next week we're doing Rear Window. That's right. Vertigo, Psycho, Rear Window. We talked See, about this last week. now you've heard week. it. You can't, you can't I unhear it. It's true. It's so funny. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> and then South by Southwest. Um, <laughs> That's not true at all. We're not watching that movie. <laughs> North by Northwest, my friend. South by Southwest. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That sounds like a really bad knockoff, like the Mel Brooks version of a of a Hitchcock movie, which should have happened at some point, mm. or something. Well, either way. Anyway, yeah. um. Yeah, so North by Northwest. And then uh, the month after that is our final month. And we've got uh, uh, Hot Fuzz, Road Racers, The Godfather, and The Breakfast Club that we're all doing. Every time I hear that, I melt a little bit more. It's just like, oh, so much good movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's that one wild card, but... uh, (laughs) Well, I mean... I don't know about that one. We'll see. I don't know. It's the one thing that could literally ruin what could be the best month ever. Yeah. We'll see. I better um, love that movie. So, <laughs> I better love that movie. <laughs> and I can say that because I know that John doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> Uh. Uh, so there's that uh, also I'm getting color pages back for my for my webcomic and I am psyched about it uh, this this thing's happening there we have now we now have like seven completed pages um, that's freaking rad yeah 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 completed colored lettered gorgeousness um, so that's coming right along and you're going to be able to find that at Geek by Night geekbynight.net which uh, hopefully sometime after the first of the year uh, very soon after the first of the year fingers crossed is when that's gonna that's gonna hit Um, really excited about that finally coming out so that's uh, geekbynight.net and uh, of course you can email email the show at tdc at geekshow.us and you can follow me on twitter twitter.com slash scott all right guys we'll see you next week Bye. Bye, guys.